Hello, my name is Linda Smirkowski. I'm from Illinois, and you are listening to the Special Chronicles Show podcast, giving respect and voice to people with special needs. This is Special Chronicles, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. This episode 250 is brought to you by listeners like you. Please help support us at Special Chronicles with your tax-deductible donation today to help us continue our mission of giving respect and voice to people with special needs. Please go to specialchronicles.com slash giving at specialchronicles.com slash giving. We thank you for your generous support of our mission at Special Chronicles. This week on Special Chronicles, we'll podcast in, we'll broadcast in live at Imperial Oats Brewery in Willow Springs, Illinois. Uh, with, Bottoms up. Yes. I don't know what that means. We but, also had a sip. <laughs> I did have a sip. But August, August is my mom for a belated Mother's Day live episode. That's about you. <laughs> I shudder thinking how the world can be so cruel. I lend my voice to those who can't. It's time we try. It's time we care. It's time we stand. It starts with a voice. You're listening to the Special Chronicles show. I guess this is a show where podcasting disability stories from an insider's perspective. We are giving a voice to people with special needs. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to the Special Chronicles show podcast. My name is Daniel. I'm your host and founder of Special Chronicles. So good to be back behind the mic and joining us. Today is, uh, back on the show is my mom. Linda, as previously stated. <laughs> I was in the intro, <laughs> the intro of the show, but now we're actually in the show. And I, well, in my case, I'm, I'm still Linda Smirkowski and, from and, Illinois. Yeah, and we're sitting in front of, uh, we're sitting outside of the uh, Imperial... Uh, brewery, Imperial Oats Brewery. I've already had a couple sips. So, you're not drunk. What? What do you say? Nothing. Okay. So, I- ignore the sister comments. Okay. So, or the brother reactions to the sister comments. Yeah. Ignore those. So, I don't. I don't have any notes here, but uh, besides the on, on your script, but. But I have a head full of stuff. Yeah. So, so let's. So because it's Mother's Day related, um, talk about um, 28 years ago in Long Beach, California, where our friend Christina Sands from um, from Bone This Way uh, is from or lives. Uh, 28 years ago, you were pretty much a newborn. You'd been around a couple of months, but four or five months. But you had only been home from the NICU for a couple of weeks. And um, But you had gained an amazing amount of weight at four and a half pounds, four pounds, six ounces. You'd yeah. come way up from a pound and a half. Yeah, and um, so 
Did you have any other disability experience before I was born? I would say none, really. I mean, I had been a teacher, so I had the occasional student. I remember one student with epilepsy, and we had some training on, you know, if she were to have an episode in class, which she did, and training came in handy. The students were real good with her. No, I didn't have a lot of years. I mean, I can remember from my childhood, where I was, I was maybe a, in early adolescence, and there was a, a little girl younger than than I was. Maybe she was ten, and she had Down syndrome. And we would see her. She was. She must have lived at home. I don't know her schooling situation. She would. You know, times were different. This was in the '60s. She could run around. She kind of. She would run around the neighborhood. So we knew her, but I don't. Again, I don't know her, or her schooling or family situation. But no, I don't have. I don't have a lot of experience. No. So, uh, take us back to before January of um, eighty-nine of, of, of when I was born. Before that, leading up to that, I recall being pregnant. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I just spilled some beer. I, 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 I just spilled some beer on my notes, but so, uh, but more the um, premature part of um, leading up to. Well, it was a normal pregnancy uh, up until the point where it wasn't. Um, so at one point, my water broke, but uh, we weren't even halfway through the pregnancy, so. I was hospitalized, and there was an earthquake. <laughs> I'll never forget that. There was an earthquake while I was in the hospital, having you know, having ruptured, having my waters broken. So you were in a tricky situation. The baby was, uh, and there was an earthquake. And I remember being alone in the hospital room, thinking, "Hmm, there's an earthquake. This, I'm in a hospital bed. What do I do?" And then I realized, well. I'm not really sick. I'm not really incapacitated. I'm just supposed to lie here and try not to move because, uh, you know, to, to give any extra uh, hopes for, for you to be okay as, as the baby inside me. Um, but I thought, you know, if the hospital does start to fall, fall down around me, I could certainly get up and move and try to, you know, get outside. But there was a sm uh, short short earthquakes I didn't have to do anything I just stayed there and uh, eventually they sent me home on very strict bed rest you know they, they said your chances of delivering a, a baby that's alive are, are not great at this point with ruptured with your a ruptured uterus because the odds I, I think that my doctor investigated and she said there's about 13% chance that the baby has to survive when you're ruptured this early because infection is inevitable. Uh, and um, so I just did what I could do, which was just to lie there. And um, after a couple days, the doctor said, well, the baby's still, you know, still there and seems fine, and let's send you home. But you're going to stay on the same very strict bed rest, stricter than 
I'd heard of. I don't know. She had didn't have a lot of patience on such strict bed rest where you don't sit up, you don't roll over, except a little bit side to side, but you don't really get out of bed, put your feet on the ground or anything. And she said, I'll, I'll come see you at home. I, she said, I don't have a doctor's bag. Uh, and she didn't. When she came to see, you know, they sent me home on a gurney, by ambulance on a gurney. And I was transferred into my bed on my back or on my side. And then she, when she would come to visit to check my vitals and just overall check, and I was I was recording temperatures all the time to look for infection. Um, but she would come out and she she had a shopping bag, Nordstrom or something, and she would come in the bedroom and say, Yeah, I don't have a I don't have a doctor's bag. I just have uh, you know here I've got some things. Let me check you out. And uh, she did that a number number of times. And your dad strung up uh, Christmas lights at one point because it was getting close to the Christmas holidays. Um, and we just hung out. My parents flew out from the Midwest, and they, um, well, I had, your dad had seen to it that I had um, cable TV. We hadn't had cable TV before, but <laughs> the, the TV was way up high, so I could see it lying on my back, and I had some cable, and um, I think I, I believe I had got a not online subscription, but just a regular paper subscription to the New York Times. Didn't have what? No, we didn't have internet in 1988. Um, no, I had a computer. We must have had something because I had a I had a computer with a dial-up or something, and I could do some I could do some paperwork on my back. Except my hands would kind of fall asleep because I had to raise them up, hold them up to the keyboard. Uh, but anyway, I had I had cable TV for that short time, or five six weeks, and. Um, while you were trying to grow a little bit inside of me, and uh, and I had the New York Times delivered to the door. It was a luxury for a while, and uh, but then there was a bad day. It was a bad day where um, something, you know, things were amiss. Things were I can't remember my exact symptoms, and you know, to be delicate, I won't share what they were anyway. But <coughs> excuse me. Why not? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember if I was spotting. I was probably spotting some blood. Not since you brought it up. And uh, and then we had to get me to the hospital fast. I talked to my doctor, and she said, "Oh, I'll meet you at the hospital." And uh, I hadn't been on my feet for five and a half weeks at this point. Oh. So oh. I had had some help. Oh wait, hold on. Oh, mm-hmm. I guess today on the Special Chronicles show is my mom. Um, uh, I'm Linda, and we're I'm broadcasting live at the 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 Imperial Oats Brewery in Willow Springs, Illinois, for this special Mother's Day uh, um, broadcast. And Daniel pushed a button, and I started talking. Just, I guess you'll have to push a button to stop me. Um, yeah. And, and, oh, and, and we are, and for those listening, we are uh, doing um, uh, a. Uh, Instagram story throughout this. So if you follow us at Special C Podcast from the day that we're recording this on, on May 16th, 2017, then uh, you can uh, get some insight. Well, and only people who are interested in craft beers will care that I'm, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I'm drinking a, I think it's called a Dunkelbach, a dark German type beer, and Dan's drinking a, a white, a, a wheat beer, a Belgian, Belgian. yeah. 
it's kind of light. And Caroline, his sister, has a... Um, Highway or the highway. Yeah, on my book, which I can't remember exactly what type of German beer that is, but the beer is delicious. Excuse me. Tickle. So... <coughs> so excuse so, me. So, you're saying um, about... Right, I had to get on my feet and have with have help because if you don't stand on your feet for a few weeks, you at first you can't, you, you don't your muscles have deteriorated, so you can't stand too well. So I had some help. Your dad and my parents had come and they were helping feed me and diaper or not diaper, but you know take care of me hygienically and they were and psychologically. So there were at least my parents and, and your dad, Daniel who helped me get to the car. And then we drove to the hospital, met the doctor, I guess, in the ER. And then I was admitted. And then, you know, they were thinking it was your heartbeat that was fine. Let's see, how was that? They were thinking, no, they were thinking it was my heartbeat that was fine. And then they realized, "Uh uh-oh, that's not the mother's heartbeat. That's the baby's heartbeat. It's really slow because an adult, you know, heartbeat is... A lot slower than a, a fetus or a, a, a newborn baby. So they, oh, this heartbeat is way too slow. This baby's in distress. Infection had eventually run its course. And <coughs> pardon me for coughing. So the doctor said, oh, we got to do a C-section right away. We're on the wrong side of the hospital, or we're not right by the ER. She, I guess, she broke her record because she somehow got me. I had been prepped because when they started looking, listening to heartbeats, they started prepping me for surgery. And they said, "We got to get you down the hall and around and over to ER or the uh, the OR and um, and get you in surgery and deliver this baby." And uh, by that time, you were t- under 26 weeks. So you were 25 and something. So you were, you know, about less than five and two thirds months. You were. You had, you had somewhat of a chance, but it, it wasn't good. And at some, at some point they said, white, white males, babies have, have <coughs> excuse me, white male babies have a harder time of it. Yeah. And uh, wimpy white boys, they sweat the noses with it. So... So, and um, then you were delivered. So, a uh, wimpy white boy, is that, is that going to be the title of the episode? No, I, well, it's up to you. So, if you want to embrace that. Yeah, no. So, uh, um, is, so. They had to re- revive you. I know that was <clears throat> later I saw in the paperwork that, you know, baby delivered at such and such a time, baby revived at such and such a time. So, so that, that was kind of scary yeah. to see. So then that probably slowly kind of goes into what you were saying about how the doctors wanted to advise abortion? Oh, abortion. Well, when my... How did that happen? We had gotten some... How did that work? At some point the doctor said this... You know, this this baby is maybe when she when she said you know 13 percent chance that this baby will be will hang on long enough to to be viable to have a chance. And she said she said you're far enough along. I you know legally I could abort this baby if if that's the mother's if that's your decision. 
but since it wasn't, that was <clears throat> then that's when the doctor started doing house calls, you know, to try to do everything she could. But she said, the, the baby is not my patient at this point. She said, you only you, the mother, are my patient because I have to make sure that the, the baby inside of you doesn't become, the infection doesn't take over. And this sounds horrible, just disgusting to say, but I have to make, the doctor said, we have to make sure that, that your uterus is not abscessed which is can be catastrophic to the mother. And she said, so you're my patient. She said, at some point, you know, if we're lucky and the baby can hang on, then at some point the baby's also my patient. But not, And that was hard to hear. You know, that was ugly to hear all of that. But I, I appreciated yeah. the doctor was very, very honest and, and you know, gave gave us the choices that she believed she had to, could give us. So our guest today on the Special Chronicles show is my mom, Linda, and we're broadcasting live at the Imperial Oaks, uh, the Imperial Oak Brewery, Brewery, Brewery in Willow Springs, Illinois. So uh, some, when you find out that I was diagnosed with developmental delays, which then soon later you find out was LD and a severe Speech and language, and a severe language disorder. What were some of the challenges and joys uh, of raising a son with? Uh, well, the joy, the joys were just that you were, you know, a beautiful, sweet, adorable baby boy, and you know. Um, <laughs> Am I supposed to laugh? His sister, his younger sister, is <laughs> making faces right now, but at the beautiful, adorable baby boy part. Uh, but he was, and um, and I still am. And I, rem- I remember when I, because I was asleep when they delivered you very quickly. The doctor broke her own record. She said when she we were on the wrong, you know, far into the hospital and had to get down a bunch of corridors to go into the OR. And, and later she said that that was her record for getting somebody uh, getting a C-section performed from counting travel time to get there. And so I think it was five minutes or something till everything till you were delivered. Um, so I didn't get to see you then until it might, might well have been the next day or it was definitely later in that day when I was awake and I remember seeing you and thinking I'm in love I'm in love you were just you know so <laughs> adorable and, uh, and the, the challenges that wasn't really you know at that point you just think about survival of the baby each minute and you know things would change Minute by minute, and, and then the challenges. Okay, so then some of the, the therapies. Um, we don't have a lot of time because we want to keep this episode short. But um, some of the, the therapies I had included American Sign Language. Well, first I sort of had my own little therapy with you, which you know, if, if somebody's uncomfortable hearing about breastfeeding, and <laughs> tune out for a moment, but. Uh, preemies, preemies often aren't. Well, fast forward. Uh, or fast forward. Preemies often aren't able to be breastfed, and I thought, well, darn it, I want to, you know, see if we can maybe make this work. And it, it couldn't work. They couldn't feed you. You were too sick, as they put it. Which I thought sick was a weird word, but that's the medical personnel use the word sick. You were really just underdeveloped, and 
and facing, you know, a lot of facing some surgeries and problems. Um, but a bit, so I was, you know, expressing breast milk and freezing it, and then it was they couldn't use it. So then I was what what I call pump and dump, pumping, pumping, dumping, dumping, pumping and pumping. <clears throat> but then at, at just up, I think past three months of age. We were able. I was able to try nursing you, and it was it was challenging, and I needed professional lac. What do they call lacticians to help? But that was successful. So that was my own little, you know, mom therapy that I was able to do was just give you the, the hopefully some benefits of that. And you know, when you nurse, you spend many many hours just sitting on the couch holding the baby, or later on just walking around <laughs> holding the baby, nursing. So. That was again my mom therapy, and then yeah, you had people came to the house. Well, no, did they come to the house initially? I, I think so. It's a bit of a blur. I think some therapists did come, and then somewhere in your we were kind of slow to realize what California at the time could offer in therapies. And then when we did, we were, I took in you to Southern a, California. Southern California. I took you to an early intervention school, which was like junior high. It had half hour periods throughout the morning the mom mom and child together would go to different classes a music therapy class gross motor skills class fine motor skills class I think there was maybe a cognition thing class and uh, you did that and then when you're three you you age out of it so then the public school and that was inclusive and that was, um, yes, the state of California had some programs that, that covered covered that. We didn't have to pay out of pocket for everything. And that was inclusive before inclusion with people with... Well, I, I wouldn't say inclusive because it was all um, under three years of age children, toddlers that had special needs. So it, it was, was it was a wonderful wonderful program, and then at three you went into the public school, but that was a um, that was not inclusive either because that was just you know three year olds don't go to school, so it was a special program within the public school system um, that it was mostly speech therapy at that point. You didn't get a lot of the other things that you could have used. Either I guess the state funding was different. So you didn't get cognitive, you didn't get really cognitive, you didn't get music therapy, certainly you didn't get uh, gross motor skills or fine motor skills, but you did get speech therapy, and most speech pathologists were wonderful, and, and somebody, I don't know, we didn't get a lot more at the home, some people get a lot of things at the home, therapies. Um, and then when it came time for, when you were a little older, you well, the public school, we moved, that's it, we moved to Illinois. And right away, got you signed up with the public school there in an early childhood program. You were still three, I think. No, you might have been four. And they had a really the local public school had a like had a wonderful early childhood three blocks away or two blocks early away. childhood program for again not inclusion, just strictly children with you know high risk children. I think they all had special needs. I think there were kids with Down syndrome and autism. Uh, so all your all your therapists and teachers from the very beginning, they walk on water. All of them are so wonderful. And then fast forward. Okay. And then and then um, fast forward. Um, fast forward. You're 28. Years, no, no. Fast forward to um, to then um, 10, 15 years later when I was in high school and started competing in special Olympics. 
Right. We were a little slow again to figure out that Special Olympics would have been, you know, a wonderful and was a wonderful thing once you joined that. Uh, I mean, your dad and I didn't rush to sign you up for things that emphasize your special needs. We we held back on sometimes looking into things because we just we were doing our own inclusion, and then somebody would say, you know, there's a really great. Um, well, in the earlier elementary grades, someone said, you know, the public school, we were in Catholic school, and someone said, the public school, the teacher, in fact, she said, the public school can have wonderful services through special education. And, and the IEP. And the IEP process, the individualized education plan. So then we transitioned over to public school to get so you could get special ed. And the same thing then happened later. I guess I guess you were high school age. Special Olympics. One of his, one of your teachers said, Special Olympics. You know, you should look into it. it you know, Dan could do a lot of have a lot of different opportunities there and social outlet. So, so now as we come to a close. Man, our guest today on the Special Chronicles show is my mom, Linda. We're broadcasting live at Imperial Oak Brewing in Willow Springs, Illinois. And somebody in the background here in the silent audience is his sister, youngest sister. Yeah. She's being very patient. Yeah. So, um, as we come to a close, because this is a special mother's episode, and we talk about the first time of when you became a mom, but kind of maybe share more from a special needs mom perspective. A, did you consider yourself um, like throughout those early years and even up till today to consider yourself a special needs mom? Yes. Or, yes, because you were, as, as all the hospital personnel put it, you were at risk for developmental delays. Uh, and then once you were, you know, sent home... Uh, the age of, I guess, three months. Yeah. Um, then you know we we knew we needed some therapists to help. Uh, and so I remember you know driving around with you a little bit to um, certain therapies. We a few things came to the house, but we mostly drove to places. A number of different funded different fun, differently by the state by private. The Shriners, or not, I guess they were the Scottish Rite, kind of like Shriners or Masons. They had a program we took advantage of. And so, yeah, driving you around. And you were also having a lot of medical things at the time. Not, you weren't, I don't think you were what they'd call medically fragile. You weren't, you didn't have a tracheostomy, you know. But, um, but you definitely had medical problems I won't go into. But we, so we were running to the doctor all the time. And then we were running to therapies, and sure. So I didn't. I didn't have a much much of a support group. We didn't know a lot of other families with a child with special needs. But um, well, was there anyone? Any from like back in in um, Long Beach, California? Not so much until we got till you were four, closer to four. We got to Illinois, and then in that early childhood in the public school, we met some other families. And that put things in perspective. You know, one of the first families had a child with, who did have a tracheostomy, and and uh, he was very medically fragile. And so we met him through the public school early childhood. Yeah, you know, you're, you're busy as a, par- as a parent, especially if a 
any any child, newborn, but you're especially if there's some special needs. So. Yeah, you have a second child. And then suddenly you have you know a second, eventually a third child. But yeah, so you're busy and you kind of gradually open your eyes to oh yeah, there is you know there are a lot of other people out there and. I remember meeting, when we were, you were still in the hospital, we met a family, and they had a number of children, and one, two of them had, I believe two of them had spi, uh, spina bifida, I think that's what it was, well, one was a preemie, and the other one maybe had spina bifida, so they had two um, quite seriously um, disabled children, uh, and at the time, the social, the health insurance was such that they couldn't get health insurance for these children, so in the early, early, early stages, I believe the state of California had some programs they qualified for, but then the mother was working, was very underemployed at, at McDonald's, and the father, too, was underemployed in some job, and they could not leave those jobs because they had some employer-based health insurance. There were just no other options for them. They had these two severely disabled children. And they were stuck in these, you know, really entry-level jobs. And the parents were in their, well, in their 40s, I believe, if not older. Oh, yeah, probably in their 40s. <clears throat> Two seriously disabled children and other children. And um, I remember that was being, that was eye-opening. So there was a community, and I was not, I did not have the greatest hardships compared to some other folks. But now, 28 years ago, I think that there was more of a community and with, uh, social media and the internet with like with blogs and and stuff does gosh that's got to help compared to the late 80s yeah so um your final thoughts on your overall time here today on Pitch Chronicles at, <laughs> I think at, my at thoughts have been exhausted as probably every listener has been exhausted and plus I'm three quarters of the way through this um I'm living dark, dark beer <laughs> so well you won't talk in on, on air but so, so brother sister your, banter. Your final thoughts on Special Chronicles? Well, I, thanks to everybody for, for listening. Yeah, that's my overall. As as a as and a, I, I hope as a media Daniel, platform. I hope your I hope your media platform of Special Chronicles reaches a lot of people, and I think it's wonderful that you reach out to and are you know people respond and um, and speak then. Not just your mother. That would be very limiting. <laughs> it's just your mother. So, so, okay, so I'm signing uh, off. So, to, to end this. Oh, he wants to clunk our two beer glasses together. And so, uh, our guest today on the Special Chronicles show has been my mom, Linda, and we've been broadcasting live from Imperial Oak Brewing in Willow Springs, Illinois. Thanks again for coming on uh, on the show. So, in, so uh, until until next time, take care and um, God bless. Special Chronicles, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. Yeah. Okay, I'm going. Oh, wait, hold on. Are you feeling it, Mom?